0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to All Opinions No (laughs). F. This is Preston. And Brennan. Hey, Brandon. So, we haven't recorded an episode in a while. Um, Way to show your cards. Yeah, right? Uh, Way to expose yourself. Of course, yeah. We're very professional here. (laughs) We meet every week like clockwork. That's right. We have a giant backlog of episodes. No downtime. We're not recording this episode three days before we're going to publish it.
1: High demand. Right. Yeah, so it's been a minute. Yeah. It's probably been good. I think I've enjoyed the downtime. When I mean enjoy the downtime, that means it's been a whirlwind of events in the last few weeks of life. Oh, really? Which has been good, bad, and indifferent. Not ugly? Not good, bad, and ugly? I'm trying to have a positive spin (laughs) because we're so proactive with our podcast. Right. Think of it as collecting up a bunch of stuff to talk about. Yeah, huh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that you're not going to talk about.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think it's, uh, you know, life can throw you curves. So today, I think we want to talk about how do you balance the ups and downs of life. And I hear about this word called, I don't know, balance. I hear is a good thing in life, in life, uh, emotions as well as your routine as well as work. Life balance. Uh,
0: I think everything should be in balance, and that's the challenge, right? So the way I look at it is, I used to think when I was younger, and I kind of still do unfortunately, that you can do all the work and put yourself into the place you want and then you can just like sit back on your laurels and enjoy the fruits. And you can, but not when it comes to balance. Not when it comes to balancing your life because balancing your life is a dynamic process. The instant you achieve balance, one of the variables shifts and you have to readjust and it never ends. And it sounds exhausting when you when you describe it like that, but I think that maybe it's the best part of life because it allows you to change what your focus is on, and, and so also when you don't get bored as easily.
1: And also identifying you what you can and cannot control, right? Right. So how do you balance the uncontrollables? Because I think those are the curveballs when you say you get balance, and those are the variables that come in you could dodge a wrench you could dodge a ball right right so how do you pivot or deviate to keep in balance when those things occur i know for you you've done pretty well as of late especially you know with working out yoga well actually that's one of the reasons
0: i wanted to talk about this topic um is because i feel like i haven't been in balance lately So I wanted to talk about that.
1: Disclaimer, I haven't been in the gym in a month. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So apparently neither has Brendan. (laughs) No, uh, I've had this cough that won't go away. And I'm fine other than the cough. And it's really annoying. And it's actually stopped me from going to the gym as much as I wanted. I thought your balls just dropped and you hit maturity. Absolutely, yeah. Your, your that, that's is, when my voice is cracking all the time. That's what I figured. I um, mean, that was my assumption. I suddenly started noticing breasts. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> which is totally a totally new thing for me. I'm well the press. You know, you could do the boob thing up yeah, and down, right? Yeah.
1: Okay, go ahead. So you uh, haven't. So
0: I didn't go to the gym as much as I wanted, which is a bummer because I I was like below 180 pounds, and then I stopped going to the gym for like a week because I didn't feel good. Cause I had a cough, and then now I'm back over one eighty again. So it was a very brief triumph. But I thought maybe part of why I got a cough is that I wasn't eating enough.
1: See, I feel like see, it's hard for me because I think you and I cover both sides of the spectrum right now. Whereas your variation, oh, I'm sorry, your uh, your variance of off balance and mine are way more wide. Mine's way more wider than yours. Okay. The scope with the sc- which you were un- unbalanced, you mean? Yeah. Like, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't go to the gym for a week. My world's in a peril. And mine, like, I haven't been to the gym in a month. And I'm like, I think I'm doing okay. So I think I give myself more slack, uh, less slack than you do. Well, when was the time? How long was it before a month
0: ago that you went to the gym?
1: A month before that. I mean, obviously.
0: Sounds like balance to me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Clockwork slowest clock in the world so i think you want to talk about balance and you're just saying okay certain things hit you i know this i want to start off this conversation by saying i look at my life experience so far and i've learned the biggest balance in life for me is when i'm fully engaged full with a a routine with structure a lot of responsibility and then then for my output of uh, productivity is way more and I think that helps me keep in balance because then I don't have downtime to de- to deviate.
0: Okay, so let's back up a little bit. I think we got a little ahead of ourselves. First of all, let's talk about what we each think balance means.
1: No, that's a good point. And that's what I'm saying. I, I'm using it in an operational sense, meaning my daily life, my routine. Okay. If I have a routine and I have responsibility and I'm, I'm to my full potential at the time. <laughs> Then I'm out of my head as much. I'm probably working out more because I build that workout into my routine.
0: Right. So to you, balance means what? Like
1: touching every aspect, every important aspect of your life equally? Equally, but it's more of an operational, routine oriented thing. I don't understand what you mean. If I'm not busy, if I don't have a schedule, if I don't have responsibility, Mm -hmm. I lose balance 100 percent when i do have routine i have full balance
0: okay and what what does it feel like when you're out of balance
1: you just don't care as much
0: no no motivation
1: the motivation depletes itself yeah right so so you know we could talk spiritually we could talk Emotionally. Okay,
0: so let me uh, let me stop you there, and I'll say what I think that balance is.
1: Oh shit! You're pulling up a definition. Um, no, no, I'm not.
0: I uh, I just I was writing down something, and it really made me think about balance, and so. Don't copyright Buddha, man. I'm not. I'm not plagiarizing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll plagiarize if I damn well want to. But no, this is pure one hundred percent me. Okay. So anyway, right. I thought up seven aspects of life that I think. Life is made up of. So there's physical, s- mental, emotional, social, spiritual, sexual, and financial, which I think could also be like career slash
1: financial. Yeah, I think that's a, those are the great seven uh, key points. I think you probably roll up a few of those into the same. Really? You think so? Lump them, but I, I like how you broke them down. Mm-hmm. So, so talk me through. Well, so what let's... I thought balance
0: meant in those aspects is they're all, they're all um, equally, well, let's see, what did I say? They're all equally taught. Like, they're all pulling against each other in equal opposition. So there's not one that's sure. over, it's not one aspect of life that's overpowering. Sure. Like, for example, when I felt out of balance the last few weeks, it was like my social portion of my life was taking up too much of my time. Because I was like hanging out with people every day. I was going out and doing stuff all the time. And I drained myself. I drained my dealing with people reserves. There's air quotes around the dealing with people Dealing <laughs> people reserves? Yeah. Because I have, I have a limited, a finite amount of ability to cope with other people before that battery is drained. And I need to plug in my lightning cable and recharge <laughs> and in, in this case, my lightning cable was playing Borderlands 3 for like 40 hours over the past couple of weeks. Really? Yes. Okay. So, you know, good old-fashioned me time. And killing lots of aliens.
1: Are you playing that by yourself, or is that a multiplayer game?
0: Mostly by myself, although I have played with Paul a few times, which has also been fun. Pretty so social. It's a, different, it's a different kind of social it. interaction. It's still like... I'm by myself. It doesn't deplete you as
1: much. Right, exactly. Okay. Plus, I hardly ever get to hang out with Paul, so that was, that's always fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this, because I want to talk through each element, because I think that's a good uh, okay. template to work with. Sure. And then we'll talk about how being socially depleted can hurt you. So, element number one is on your
0: list. Oh, it was... Shit, what was it? I just said it. It was physical.
1: Physical. How do you engage and keep balance in your physical life?
0: Um, I eat healthy okay. most of the time. Like, I'm not a stickler, but I, do, I am aware of when I'm eating unhealthy foods. For example, on Saturday, I ate, ate two cupcakes, and on Sunday morning, I ate another cupcake. Or no, it was Friday, I ate two cupcakes, and on Saturday morning, I ate another one. Nice. So that made me feel guilty. And but, I
1: saw you eat pizza last night.
0: And I ate pizza last night. <laughs> and I had more than I should have. Sure. And it was delicious. Sure. I don't feel bad about it now, but at the time I was aware of what I was putting into my body and that it was shit. Okay. So, but, um, I try, so I try to eat healthy. I, don't, I, I try not to be a huge stickler and I don't like judge other people for what they eat.
1: But do you feel, I, see this is where I, I, I could, I don't really keep track of my diet, but I also eat, could <clears throat> eat very healthy and eat very poorly. So I like everything. But do you feel a difference, let's say, if you eat very healthy, do you feel, yes. do you feel the difference? You could actually feel it, or Absolutely. is it a placebo effect?
0: I don't think it's a placebo effect. I've definitely noticed when I eat really shitty food that I feel terrible. Like This is an old example, but when I was on vacation in Tampa, I ate five guys like six days in a row. And I felt like shit on the sixth day. Like, I felt terrible.
1: Sure, sure, sure.
0: And so, yeah, I definitely have noticed when I don't eat healthy. Yeah, so, like, when I eat, I usually eat lots of fruit in the morning. And then I'll usually eat, uh, like, a hot cereal that's got a bunch of ancient grains. So it's, like, uh, whole grains, lots Mm -hmm. of protein. It's not much gluten, or if any, because it's not wheat. And then I'll eat, like, some, I've been eating yogurt, which has, like, fat, which is actually, contrary to popular belief, fat's actually really good for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, I'll eat. Veg- I'll snack on vegetables and fruits all day at work, and like uh, almonds. And yeah. then I'll try to eat a relatively healthy meal at night. Some sure. kind of like meat with more vegetables than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's how that's how I do my diet. Like, I don't, I don't plan it. I just aim myself in the direction of eating healthy by buying healthy food at the grocery store.
1: So I think for me, I try to I, I do the whole eat diet with a financial asterisk next to it. Right, because so, it's
0: expensive to eat healthy food. Correct. Extremely expensive.
1: So, rice, uh, potatoes, <clears throat> chicken mainly is my meat source, or tuna. Right. And some sort of vegetable. And I usually eat two times a day. You know, I mean? I'm noon, one, mm-hmm. and I do it on six. So, some would call that micro So, you do do like, in- intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is really what I've been doing for a lot of my life. And I would Just say. Naturally? Yeah, I would say um, it's been one of my things, man. I've never been a breakfast person. But I have gone through phases of breakfast lately. Eggs over easy, pretty bomb over toast.
0: Oh, hell yeah, man. so good. There was like two or three years of my life where I would eat three eggs, two pieces of toast, three pieces of sausage every morning for breakfast. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I'm a real stickler for habit once I get into the swing of things. Yeah,
1: I think that's the thing, man. So I've been pretty good on diet. But I mean, you know, the biggest thing for me. But I eat nothing consistently. But I definitely have eat vegetables and fruit. I don't to really eat fruit, to be honest. Okay. Fruit? I need to integrate fruit, in my, fruit into my... I should probably get rid of jelly beans and add fruit. Yes. Yeah, natural. Yeah. Or oranges. Definitely oranges, oranges are, are very, you know, sweet and take care of that sugar tooth. Yeah. Sweet tooth. Yes. So, um, people what? say... And people
0: will say that you shouldn't eat that much fruit versus vegetables, especially... Um, Yeah, but honestly, eating fruit is better than eating potato chips or better than eating white bread or better than eating pasta. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. The way I think of healthy eating is, and then let's wrap it up and move on to the next. But the way I think of healthy eating is I can eat as much healthy food that I consider healthy as I want. So I can eat an entire bag of carrots and I'm fine. And it won't affect my weight. Sure. Which is possibly true because I have good genes. I don't know.
1: You do, Uh, but let's go into, but in the physical, that means also working out. But yeah,
0: so the other aspects of physical, there's there's two other aspects really. It's sleep, and which is also, it's basically sleep is important for everything, but it's also definitely for physical.
1: My biggest downfall.
0: Yeah, mine too. But also working out. So we'll talk about working out first. I try to go to the gym four times a week. I was in a really good habit of going like almost every day, including... Um, sometimes just going for yoga, like Saturdays and Sundays I was going to yoga, right. but it actually started hurting my back more. And so I kind of stopped. And then I also got that cough and I also stopped there. Plus, I was, like, your traveling up LA. Yeah. Cause I, I get into yoga class and they're like, don't push it too hard. Listen to your body. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do the hardest that I can. I'm going to push it all <laughs> the way to the limit. Cause I'm an idiot. And that's the same way I hurt my damn elbow rock climbing. Got it. Okay. You know. So, I, yeah, I'm an idiot. I, uh, I, I try to go all in. I try to prove that I can do the max.
1: I would say for me, uh, working out in my life, again, scope of life, because nothing's immediate right now, because my life is out of balance, especially in working out, but I've learned in my 30s to start focusing more cardio and stretching. Whereas when I was in my teens and 20s, I was like, big muscles, let's work out, get strong, let's lift the yeah. most amount of weight, yeah, so I, I also
0: try to incorporate like equal amounts of cardio and weightlifting.
1: And I think that's been you know because I've learned you know apparently if your heart's not working and your blood's not flowing, it doesn't matter how big your bicep is. That is true. I that's what I hear.
0: If your bicep can't get blood, then it's kind of pointless. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So that's one thing I've learned in uh, the physical. So that's kind of my scope.
0: Uh, yeah. I'll, with that, with that, I'll say it's better to do both. Sure. But if you only have time for one. It's probably better to do cardio
1: than to do weightlifting. Sure. Just like you said. Yeah. And then sleep. Sleep is my detriment. It's been a detriment with me since I, before high school, during high school. Me too. I got in bad sleeping habits when I was a teenager. Like I
0: would stay up super late and then have to wake up at like six or seven for school. But I'd stay up to like 11 or 12 every night. And then I would just be tired all the time. And I think that those habits probably, I think that was partly why I was so depressed in high school and why my moods were all over the place yeah. I was only getting like 6 or 7 hours of sleep a night like in retrospect it's pretty obvious that that's well then academically
1: I mean. too like I wonder like if I truly had a consistent lifestyle and again routine yeah. if I had a routine go to bed by 9 wake up at 6 6.30 go yeah. to high school would I have performed better would I have focused better probably. would I have given shit more probably would, you know what I mean yeah. like in probably, respect, yes, across the board. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I carried that through college because it was the routine I knew right. of bad habits. Yeah. And I was like, I'm functioning at like probably a 65% level. And, uh, well, I've survived it, but I don't know. I wonder. If, yeah, but life is more than just surviving it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I mean, in retrospect, like if I truly had a routine of sleep, how would I outperform yeah. what I did? Right. Totally, yeah. It's
0: really important. So I I was in a pretty good place sleep wise for a while, but a couple years ago, like early, like a year and a half ago, my back started hurting, and I started like waking up. I don't know if it was related, probably because I was sleeping on an air mattress like an idiot.
1: Which for the yeah. record, I told uh, me was challenged him on this notion. Yes. that was a bad idea. But thank, thank you, Captain Hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> your your superpowers are appreciated
0: as always. Yeah, no one listens. Huh. Anyways. So, yeah, so anyway, I started, um, like, I started waking up in the middle of the night having to pee all the time, and then I would, like, my back would hurt, I would roll over, sleep on my side, and then my back pain started becoming chronic, Mm -hmm. which made my sleeping worse. I'm starting to get into a better place, I think. Like, I'm starting, I got a better, I got a really nice mattress again. I was one of those millennials buying the online mattress You know, you can apparently like buy an online mattress and then return it within a year and then try buy another one and then you can basically just have a free mattress for like five years.
1: See, I thought you were gonna say you got an Asian Asian masseuse every week. That would have helped too.
0: No, I yeah, I tried, but (laughs) it's too expensive for my blood. Yeah. (laughs) Yep.
1: I know. I I think half of my I've gone through different things when it comes to sleepwear. You know, I've taken, you know, sleeping pills sleep, you know, to painkillers sleep pills. Mm-hmm. I've learned, I think half of my sleeping is the physical pain.
0: Oh, yeah. that definitely but, causes a lot of physical pain, Like, my pain back too. is
1: jacked when, you yeah. know, my, I, you know. No. Oh,
0: I mean, like that's why you don't sleep well is because mm-hmm. of the pain. Because not sleeping enough makes chronic pain worse. Sure. It's so shitty. Oh, it's no, like no. the
1: worst, it's the
0: worst vicious circle to get into.
1: Why do you think I look like Gollum now?
0: Oh, I thought it was because you found the wondering and were hoarding it all to yourself. Yeah, that's why you disappear for hours and don't answer your phone.
1: That's right, no, yeah. my precious. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. So that's definitely a physical. I think my physical has been a huge detriment for me for a right. long time. Right. Okay, let's move. And on. And so
0: my view, so my 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 thoughts on it are all of these aspects of life are important, but I almost say. Physical is the most important. Because okay. without the physical health, every other aspect of your life's a lot harder to, to
1: maintain. These are the equivalent. These are Preston's hierarchy of uh, yes. emotional needs.
0: Yeah, so it's almost like my hierarchy is the six that I... The seven I listed, health is like the center, the hub. Yeah. And then the other six are like outside. Got it. Like a like a Prom. bicycle wheel, like oh, spokes in yeah. a wheel. Spoke. There you go. And then the... That's kind of, that's my current view of it. Like right, I might change, gotcha. I might not be right about that, but that's my yeah. current view of it. All
1: right, but I agree with you. Physical is primary. Because it
0: touches every other aspect. Well,
1: it, exactly. They're all, by, the rest are byproducts of, if you cannot exist in, with the physicality of your life, oh, yeah, it's you can't to, function. I didn't even think about it, it's true. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a foundation. Yeah. Yep. And second? Uh,
0: so second was
1: mental? Mental. Yes, mm. mental. Mental. Mental is a tough one. What does mental consist of? Confidence? Clarity? No, that would be emotional.
0: Clarity, yes. So, um, I, I kind of wrote notes that kind of tie in here. So, like, intelligence. This kind of t- ties into my, my view of what intelligence is. I sat down and thought about what I thought intelligence meant. Hmm. And I think it's the ability to dynamically react to changing circumstances, to make new connections between ideas, and to combine concepts in new ways to expand my understanding of the world. So what do you think about that definition? That's
1: pretty good. And I think...
0: And the reason I had it in those, those words is because I was thinking about what intelligence is and how it exists beyond humans. So...
1: Yeah, so I think, for me, I think intelligence is... I think we always talk about... And there's a lot of different intelligences. Right. But I think the baseline of intelligence is memory and experience. And, you know, so like you are saying... Certain things, you build off them as a foundation and can, can reconnect them with yeah. you. And that's how it is. got to have a baseline education or understanding for you to build from and right. then connect things. and. Right. Yeah. So I, I definitely agree with that. But Right.
0: So mental I mean, is like you got to feed your brain and you have to feed it, going back to health, you have to feed it nutritional foods and you have to feed it physical exercise because your body your brain works better with physical exercise in the rest of your body but you also have to feed it metaphorically i guess as in knowledge you have to read you have to think about things you have to meditation is a good one
1: yeah
0: you have to explore new things try new things i hate this i hate this phrase but Kind of put yourself out of your comfort zone. Like, yeah. I hate that phrase because yeah. I don't do that often and I feel like I'm doing fine.
1: Or, quote unquote, open mindedness. Open mindedness, yeah. Yeah, you
0: have to open your mind because if you close it, it stops growing and it starts shrinking.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so I agree. So that's like the mental aspect of it. And I think wanting to, I think being curious is a mental state that you can choose. I wrote a blog post about it, the Living a Wonderful Life. And I kinda of talk about it in there. I think that just wondering about everything around you. Everything around you is incredible if you what stop and that? think about it. Like everything is. Yeah. And so if you actually stop and think about it and just wonder, like I, I constantly find myself random question will pop into my head and I Google it. So it's like how do spiders know how to spin webs? Like yeah. I I look that up and it's like, oh, it's like a bunch of
1: In a Wolverine. It's
0: a bunch of context contextual rules. Yeah, yeah. And so stuff like that. Just uh, no, I know questions that pop in your head.
1: I, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. I think curiosity, yeah. No matter your aptitude or your overall memory base, if you, you can't give up you gotta stay curious in this world around yeah. you and be curious about the think beyond yourself and I, I'm Mr. Google myself, I everything I do. Uh, my stepdad coined this the other day. He said, You're like the Abraham Lincoln of education uh, Abraham, Le- you are yeah. because well, I keep expanding my knowledge base oh, yeah. on topics beyond my formal education. Right. Yeah. So I don't because just... they interest
0: you, right? Not because oh, yeah. you feel like you have to do it. Completely, and yeah. that's the key.
1: My formal education was so vast too. Right. You know, because I've always been a curious person. Right. No matter how good of a student I was, or if I was a, a, a C guy in that class or or a guy in that class, my curiosity was there. Right. And I at least dove into it. Yeah. Whereas I think many people. That which drives me a pet peeve of mine, a little side note is, someone that doesn't, once they uh, hit a brick wall, let's say, get a bad grade in a class, they avoid the topic.
0: Oh, okay. I have that to some extent.
1: We all have that. I have that to a high extent, but I've learned you can't give up on it. One experience doesn't define you. Right, yeah. Right, so, you know, if you try to learn it a different way in your own way, I feel like I've learned more, definitely outside of the formal education, than I have inside formal education. Totally, because I learned how to learn, and my own skill set, right, techniques. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that the point of education should be to teach you how to learn, but only only once you get to college does that even kind of partially happen. Right. Like most of elementary school is teaching you the basics, which is important. Sure. Elementary school. Yeah, there could maybe be a little bit more learning how to learn, but you definitely need a long time focusing on the fundamentals. Yeah. You know, grammar, math. Sure. But middle school and high school should be more about learning how to learn than about rote memorization and multiple choice tests. Sure. I mean, that's obvious. That's super easy to say. I don't know how to fix that, but yeah. that's a topic for another podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other, yeah. But then once you get into college, if you have a good teacher, and I guess I should go back and say some teachers understand this and sometimes you get the occasional teacher in middle or high school that does actually care and try to get you how to le- teach you to learn how to learn. But, but it's hard to get mentors more, though. It's right, hard. it's extremely because they're extreme. super overworked and the classes are huge um, yeah. and they're underfunded. So it's slightly more likely to happen in university.
1: What's the third one?
0: Okay. All right, so mental and then emotional. Emotional. So Oof. I read a really good article actually, it was a, a psychologist wrote it, it was like his blog post, and he talked about emotional versus analytical. And so I think analytical kind of goes into the mental side of things. And emotional is, he said, if you call someone emotional or you call someone rational, which of those has a negative connotation? <laughs> right? When someone calls you too emotional or says you're emotional, it's not usually a compliment.
1: Correct. Because and being only, emotional is The first bad thing, thing I think of is one of the earliest books talking about emotional versus analytical, is men are w- from Venus and... Women are from Mar- Mars. Wait, yeah. men are from Mars, and women are from Venus. Correct. There we go. And, the, you know, really identifying the emotional versus the analytical brains of men and right. women. Right, right. Yeah. And
0: uh, like everything, we, we talk about this a lot, it's a spectrum. Sure. Men are more likely to be on the analytical side of the spectrum sure. than women are women are more likely to be on the emotional side of the spectrum than men are. Sure. But just like everything, averages, it's, you right. could, any individual man or woman could fall anywhere on the spectrum. That's right. But in general, men are more analytical. Women are more emotional. So that means men, or I say, let's just say, we'll, we'll stop referring to it by gender. Let's just say analytical people. Mm-hmm. This guy's article said they like solving problems when they have hard emotions to deal with they have to noodle on them alone. They have to think about it themselves, work through it themselves over an extended period of time, which to me sounds a lot like introversion versus extroversion, or at least it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then emotional, when they are feeling t- tough emotions, in this case we'll say negative, they like to talk to and feel close to their partner. This is specifically he was talking about like relationships, about romantic relationships, <laughs> but when an emotional person is feeling strong emotions that they they need to talk with the other person to work it out with the other person rather than work it out on their own. And he was just talking about the interplay of how it's difficult. A lot of pairings are one person's emotional, one person's analytical. And he's talked about just how it's difficult to... You can't live life with just one side of those two.
1: Yeah, agreed. And aspects. i you know, and you and I have both taken a lot of different personality tests. Yeah. And I'm such an advocate of to say, it's so situational.
0: Absolutely. I, and, if you put me in one, if you if you tell me to like think about some situation and then have take one of those tests, I'll have a completely different answer sure. than if you tell me to think about like. Like say, uh, think about your last job and how you did at your job. Now take this this test, and then okay, now think about the last vacation you were on. Um, Like now, take the test. It's like totally different answers. Right.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, know, as humans, we're always trying to categorize, but uh, you know, I think that's that's a analytical and emotional, a good way to break it out. Right. I think it's good to work through that. I have always tried to balance the truth. I'm very emotional, mm-hmm. but I've been trying. One of my goals is keep building the analytical, and I think I've done very well in my personal and professional life to think things. Because I've learned to be very pragmatic, right? very simple, very uh, simplistic. Yeah, just keep it simple and keep it very pragmatic, I think, as overall... What I've learned to be, I don't know if it's was I what it, if it's what I was as a kid, but that's what I've learned to be. Okay. Yeah. So, do you think you've evolved? Yes, although not
0: as much emotionally as I'd like. I'm very closed off with my emotions. I have a strong root root cause in my childhood. I'm not exactly sure what it is that my emotions shouldn't be shared because when I share them, it causes bad things to happen. And so I'm very reticent to share my emotional state. Oh, based especially, on if it's negative, especially if it's perceived in my perception of negative. Sure. So like, for example, I have a really hard time expressing anger because I can express it. And then afterwards I feel horribly guilty and I feel awkward around the person. And I feel like I ruined the relationship and it's all over. Sure. It doesn't have to be romantic. It could just be like, No, friendship. I, get it. I totally get that. Um, I, same with like when someone's annoying me, or when I'm sad, I, can't, I have trouble sharing because sure. it's a weakness, you know?
1: Sure, sure, sure. So. You have a better friend than I do, man. I, I definitely expose my cards in that as I've gotten older. And I think I did it as a kid, too, because I, I mean the youngest of three boys. Right. They've exploited my weaknesses, right? Yeah. But it's not a I am a, a people pleaser.
0: Showing your emotions isn't a weakness, though. That's the thing. Well, it it's beautiful. It has been taught to boys for a long time that it is. But sure. it's actually not. It's actually Situational though. Yeah.
1: Well of course. Of course. Professionally versus personally. Every, yeah,
0: I mean everything you say, everything is based on situation. Everything yeah. is contextual. But I
1: agree with you. Emotions are not bad. Right. Emotions but are good. They have
0: a they have a bad rap in our society. Correct. And they have had for a long time.
1: So how do you balance
0: it? Your emotional state? See, that's what I'm working on right now. I would say out of everything, I'm probably the least balanced when it comes to emotions. Because the way I, basically the way I deal with my emotions is I go on these long rants in my head at the person, like in my head, have these long imaginary conversations and rants just spouting off all the shit that's pissing me off and are usually incredibly eloquent and then once it's gone i'm like okay i feel better now but in reality that just like it's like um it lets a little of the pressure out but it just like doesn't actually let the pressure out it just kind of pretends to let the pressure out like when you're thirsty and you swish your mouth out with water and then spit it out it's kind of like that i'd say So it makes you feel less thirsty, slightly, but it doesn't actually solve anything.
1: But venting is good though.
0: Yes, but not venting into your head.
1: Right. It needs to get out of your head. Right.
0: So that's always been something that I do. And I don't like try to do it, it just happens. Yeah. And then once it's happened, I'm just like, oh, well, I feel better. I guess I don't need to deal with that anymore. And then I forget about it until it pops up again.
1: You know, I, I must say, I've been very fortunate to have friends. Who call you out on it? Well, call me out on it, but also, conversely, they call me out on it, but I'm able to vent to them Mm. and have open criticism. Yeah. I think it's been a very healthy channel I've had for a long time in relationships of, like, you know, and it's hard. Relationships are all weird dynamics everywhere, but, I mean, I definitely, you know, I have a few people that I could call on and uh, vent, and they give me their, you know opinion yeah with no and no sugar i don't coating yeah no sugar coating and i think that's healthy in a relationship okay. because most relationships you can't have that right you know especially professionally especially professional yeah um so you need to find that and i think you know um i think i've always been a person where in my youth i let things build up and then i just blew up yes
0: and that doesn't end well
1: no, I look like an ass a lot of times and yeah. then everyone wins but me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so finding ways to regulate your emotional internal dialogue and then knowing how to vent that so then it's beyond right. The so gargling.
0: I actually think that doing this podcast has been a real outlet for me emotionally speaking. Sure. I don't know. I I doesn't I don't think I really sound too worked up or angry but like i've let out a lot of anger actually and a lot of frustration you
1: sound like howard stern dude what do you mean i don't know oh like
0: a... we just like going rants <laughs> and <we're>, yeah right <laughs> so angry yeah no
1: it's a good thing and that's, so i, again, I think that's therapy. been it's cheap therapy it's free free therapy
0: yeah i mean the microphone costs like 30 bucks but other than that it's free therapy
1: our studio is amazing though oh it's yeah like, it's high quality high, high tech. quality yeah. absolutely uh, can't wait to have more visitors. Yeah, uh, right. No, I think it's good. I think it's good to have this and think things through it because, again, once again, going back to the uh, mental side of things to, right. I guess, intellectual, you've got to keep challenging yourself. So yeah. doing this podcast has been mentally stimulating right. and emotionally stimulating.
0: Right, because feeding your brain new information doesn't do any good until you use that information to come up with your own ideas and your own views and your own thoughts
1: and again it sparks emotion and you feel right. like you yeah. regulate yourself based on figuring out how you will really, truly feel right.
0: mm-hmm. and so that's actually one of the reasons i feel like i've been out of balance is i haven't been writing as much lately i've been focusing a lot on i've been writing at all really lately like i have a little bit but i haven't posted a blog post in like two or three months right so and I mean, we haven't done
1: out. many podcasts lately And we
0: haven't done podcasts lately so that that's also been a, a detriment
1: so i um Preston doesn't want to hang out with me. That's why. That's bomb. Right, right. Yeah. Too totally. cool for school. It's too not, cool for school.
0: It's definitely that, and not other things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So the next one is social. There we go.
1: Social. So this... yeah.
0: Social is one that oftentimes I've felt it was underrepresented in my life, because I've always been an introvert, and when I say that, my definition of introvert means. Like I said before, I have a, lim- a finite amount of ability to deal with other people until, and then it has to recharge. And it can be overtaxed, so like you can take it to the red zone for an extended period of time, but the longer I do that, the more burned out I get and the longer I have to recharge. So, because I, um, this is something I actually figured out a long time ago, which sounds obvious, but there's a cost for everything. So, when I say that, what I mean is, Everything physical, everything emotional, everything mental, everything you do has a cost. So when I used to have really good positive days where I'd be like almost in an ecstatic mood, I would know that there would be a negative, bad, emotion, sad day coming up. Because everything has a cost. A good day well, costs, this is, uh, costs you a bad day.
1: Can't you also put, it's like you put your own algorithm in place for yourself. Well, it wasn't something that I decided on. It was something I noticed after a long time.
0: And when I but isn't like also alcohol, a, self,
1: a self-fulfilled prophecy, though, too? No.
0: Because this is not something that I decided on and then I noticed it. I noticed it then, yeah. without ever thinking about it. Got Until it. suddenly I was like, wait a second. Every time I drink alcohol, I have a good night, but the next day sucks. I feel depressed and I don't feel good. Every time I smoke weed, it feels great, but the more I do it, the more my brain gets fuzzy, the more depressed I get. Like, everything has a cost. And so... Okay,
1: I don't disagree. Yeah. I'm just trying to say, like, um, you know... I I'll, mean, I'll, sure. Probably, there's, there's probably
0: always a bit of self-fulfilling prophecy in everything, really. Sure. Sure. But not, like, the
1: secret. that bullshit. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So, socially... So, well, first of all, let me back it up. You consider yourself an introvert. Yes. And this is a category you've never thrived upon. So you've done your best over the last decade to get better at?
0: Yeah, so the way I've been able to succeed in my life, at least to the extent that I, I, that I am succeeding, is by learning what I'm capable of and accepting it. I'm, and in the case of social situations, I've learned in my maybe my late teens or my early 20s that I'm, I'm really good in a new environment when I'm with someone that I'm very comfortable with. I'm also really good with someone I've never met before in an environment that I'm comfortable in. So if one oh. of those two factors is there, I'm fine and I can usually do really well in social situations. But mm. if I'm in a new place and I'm with people I don't know, I shut down and I don't know what to do and I feel awkward. And so okay, one okay. thing I've been able to do is I don't go into situations that I don't know anybody, yeah. and I've never been to that place before, often. Like, I'm, that's something I'm actually working on now, Okay, um, but that alone has helped me to be more social, to be able to interact with people on a more normal level, because I'm actually really socially awkward. Despite how amazing I sound on this podcast,
1: yeah, I just feel like again, isn't it a funny perception? It's a weird thing. Oh right? yeah, and also my
0: perception of myself changes daily. S- sure,
1: depending on my mood. Again, this is this is the yeah. funny part about this. I think it's a such a perception based uh, reality, and uh, of course, I reality think, is your perception. That's right. That's I kind of said that to, to make that joke. What uh, I made? I said that to make that joke. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. Hey, going outside, like you said earlier, going outside of your comfort zone. Testing yourself, identifying right. the controlled environment versus the not right
0: exactly, and that's kind of what I want. I just wanted to say um,
1: you're going through. You your...
0: don't want to overdo it. Like there's there's a difference between going outside your comfort zone and throwing yourself into the deep end without a without a life preserver. You know, sure. You gotta like sure take your steps where you can get them. So yeah, like socially though, I have generally I have a few close friends. Mm-hmm whenever i try to have large groups of friends and maintain that it doesn't work out i always end up just like focusing on a few people i i'm comfortable in small groups versus large parties you know i i enjoy more intimate gatherings you know five to eight people max or even fewer Uh, maybe that's because in high school and middle school like me and my friends there was five of us and we hung out all the time and it was it was cool
1: what you knew? Yeah, I don't, yeah know. I don't know, man. I think I, I keep I keep trying to coin myself like did I start out as an introvert? Cuz I think I turned into an extrovert by survival mode.
0: Right. So we talked about your past and you had a lot of those medical issues, but you you like, you like to make jokes, right? You so you like to make adults laugh.
1: Oh yeah, I think was I that was, right, I think I was beginning? a natural entertainer. I just had no skill sets. Was it because? <laughs> was it because you didn't want people to feel sorry
0: for you, so you tried to make people laugh and instead? Oh, the,
1: uh, the art of deflection has always been my art, for sure. Absolutely, because I don't want to talk about me. Of course not. I don't want. I don't be a topic to. talk to- Yeah. So something that
0: you do is you text me and you say things like, basically something to the effect of, "Oh my god, this was the worst thing ever," and then you put "lol" at the end, and I'm just like. The, the law doesn't match the rest of this sentence.
1: See, I've learned... And the, you do that a lot. Make it a joke. Right. Make, turn, again, don't focus on the severity of the situation or the seriousness of the situation, but give it levity. Right. And uh, and I I think from a young age, I still don't know how to classify this because I wasn't the cool kid in school. I wasn't... You right. know what I mean? Neither was I. And uh, but I talked to people, and I was semi-social. Right. But I didn't have a big group of friends. But you I, got along with everybody, right? Yeah, I would say I'm, I, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm, yeah, yeah. Socially, I would say I'm. Lately, I've been more, you know, enclosed. But I've gone through my different phases. I haven't made it out to be a science project like you have to identify my controlled and my variables, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, thank Good job you for that. It yeah. wasn't the, okay. A bit of an exaggeration, but okay. Thank I mean, you. I'll but you did. You really broke it down. Yeah. I, I. You know. I. I am always. I think I'm always having social anxiety. Right. I would say it's definitely been on the forefront of who I am. People don't see that. People. Think right.
0: Because you deflect. You're a pro at deflecting.
1: Deflecting and or just take. I like. Or to be just, in social situations I have control over when I'm in the center of attention. When I go into social social situations where I lose control, mm-hmm. I resent that. It's like, oh gosh, I'm on the stage, but I don't have control. What do I do now? So you like
0: to be the center of attention at your own. My you like you at your okay. I got you. When I'm controlling, it. right, when, right. When I, I can't I, think of the word I was trying to think of, but yeah.
1: I don't want to be so. I don't want to be a puppet master. Or you don't want to be
0: thrown into the center of attention. Yes. Okay, got like it. Like
1: surprise birthday parties, fuck that.
0: <laughs> fuck that. You're the that. one that like punches the guy that pops up from behind the couch, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. As well as haunted houses, I punch them too. I Yeah, so... I again. It's true.
0: Nothing's more effective than punching a ghost.
1: <laughs> that's right. And so I tried it. Yeah, so that's one thing I would... But I would say socially, I'm pretty good socially. Right. So uh, I just want to... Yeah, I think you're very good socially. I think that you...
0: My perception of you is that you get along with everybody, and you can talk to anybody. And mm-hmm. you you're very. I think part of it is being self detrimental is actually a really good way to get to talk to people. Sure, people like someone who can laugh at themselves, and I actually do that to some extent as well. Um, I've learned that it's just easier. Like making fun of yourself is a great way to make somebody laugh and not offend anybody.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't know professionally if it's been successful for me, but I think from a social standpoint yeah. overall, people feel comfortable with me because I'm not putting on a front. Right. If I I look at a lot of people, whether it's professionally or personally, they put this ego and they put the yeah. this uh, front on that is overwhelming to everyone else. Right. And then it therefore it makes them not approachable right. and or relatable. Yeah. Totally. And that's, so that's my, you know, overall summary of social. I think I do okay at it, but I'm definitely an introvert, extrovert. You know,
0: I go back and forth, you mean?
1: Yeah, because I need my downtime too. So let's, let's, um, let's go
0: back to defining what I think introvert is. I don't think introvert means you're not good at talking to people and I don't, it means that, yeah, you can talk to people, but then you need to recharge versus an extrovert so the way I've heard it described is introvert gets energy by being alone, and they can expend that energy to other people, and extroverts get energy by, with other people, and then they expend that energy when they're alone. So that's yeah, how Yeah, there's a all. lot of so hybrids
1: there, but yeah, overall, I think that makes... That, that's th- how I view That it.
0: works. Yeah. Um, well, of course there's a lot of hybrids. It's a spectrum, just like everything. Yeah, it's a huge spectrum. I mean, it's, what's, the, what's that one test? It's one of the four letters is yeah, where you're The disc assessment? Yeah.
1: The disc assessment, yeah.
0: For whatever that's worth.
1: Yeah. Again, I think a lot of those are uh, subjective, subjective. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So socially, I would say it's been one of my uh, s- strong suits. Yeah, I, and, I think so for sure. But I think half of my strengths. There's no, there's no overwhelming skill that made me great. It's just that I'm present and not intimidating. So would you say it's a talent? No.
0: Would you say it's a detriment? Or would you just say it's I don't just think
1: it's a talent. I don't think it's a you? skill. I think it's just it is, hmm. maybe like you know people talk about comedy. You do have it, or you don't. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's that. That's a talent. <laughs> if you have comedy, that's a talent. <laughs> yeah, a
0: talent I mean, means I, a not, talent is the opposite of a skill. So it's either or.
1: Uh, well, okay. I think it could be learned. So maybe it's just a skill.
0: Maybe. I mean, maybe. I, yeah. I, it probably I, is. It's, actually, I'm gonna say a it's a skill, skill that you actually had to learn because of your survival
1: yeah maybe tactics yeah maybe but yeah because yeah. I always relate to you know comedians and I definitely right. relate again the self-deprecation well from pain comes laughter right sure yeah the I
0: don't know how true it is but it seems like a lot of creative people have a lot of inner pain inner pain and sure, comedians especially seem to have a lot I, of inner demons
1: I, I, I go back and forth on this I and mean, this is a whole another podcast because yeah. I think is it pain or is it just life
0: hmm I don't know, I mean, we talked about this before, I've never experienced the death of a loved one, at least not someone that was very close to me, so that's, some people would say that is life, but I've never experienced it,
1: Yeah. so I don't know. And, and, so that's, we, I, I hope we follow up with another podcast on this topic alone, because right. yeah. I, I have done my best to say, this is just life, uh, let's make the best of it, give it levity, be joy for what right. for what it is right so i actually wanted to get a
0: tattoo of just this or it too shall pass or basically it will pass which is like the old yeah. an old uh i believe it was buddhist story but then i was like yeah it's a little bit too cliche but i, I really like that idea of just and then for me it was more of a reminder that the good will pass not that the bad will pass because i haven't really had to put up with a lot of really negative dark times it's usually having to remind myself yeah the good will pass but it's okay because they'll yeah. be back. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so I just want to finish up social with saying that I mentioned at the beginning that I felt out of balance, like I was going too much into social lately. Um, I think that maybe I overcorrected a little bit because when I'm in a relationship, I always tend to be really not social because I spend all my energy on my partner. So all, all that people energy gets used up on one person. Um, and so I think I after I became single, I overcorrected and I went really social and that's always what I do. And the... Habit generally has been, I do that until I find my new partner and then get back into a relationship again because I'm a serial monogamous, but right. that's not happening this time.
1: Did you also buy a lifted truck for compensation? Um, no. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh,
0: I, bought a, I bought a cross rocket. no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I agree with you. This, I think social is hard to do. Uh, I think it's a week to week because isn't it funny how you do nothing for two weeks and then you get three things on the calendar in the same weekend. Right. And then how do you balance that out? And, yeah. You know, so trying to find balance within social, I think is probably impossible. No. But it's not.
0: Maybe. Because it's day to day, week to week. I feel like I'm in a better place now than I was a couple a few weeks ago, where I was like doing stuff every night, and okay. I was like planning stuff ahead. I was like, I I was I was in a state where I had to, I had to be in contact with people, because if I was alone, then I felt. Oh, gotcha. no one liked me or no one wanted to be around me. Yeah, exactly. Got it. So, so that's social. Let's move on, though. So, the next one was uh, spiritual. So, um, I want to say physical, mental, and emotional, I think, are, like, physical, I guess. They're more, like, internal, Mm -hmm. is what I should say. And then, like, social, spiritual, sexual, and financial are the last four. Those are all more external.
1: Yeah, sure. So, we're
0: moving into the external now. So, spiritual. Oh, no I'm sorry um spiritual is tough maybe it's it's both it's both so the next one is spiritual so I've been out of balance spiritually lately because I haven't been focusing on that aspect much at all lately like I've been still meditating trying to meditate every day but I haven't been really like pondering on reality I haven't really been looking into myself lately and it's because I've been focusing so much on social and physical and so that's another aspect of balance that I feel out of balance for.
1: Me too. I haven't touched spiritual. I have closed that book for a good minute. It's evident. It's tough because sometimes when you focus on physical or sexual, you kind of close spiritual. <laughs> right, yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, to do one, you got to close the other. Well, I want to
0: start by saying... Um... Trying to get this into kind of a rhythm, I the definition of what I think spiritual is. Sure. Because a lot of people, and I used to think this, a lot of people think that spiritual means religious, and that's not the same thing. I know that. So I know, yeah, I know. I'm talking to the listeners. Yeah. So what? Spir- there's listeners. There's a couple. There's a few. <laughs> so spiritual is the state of your entire being, and by that, I guess I mean. You are your body. You are your mind. You don't have a body. You don't have a mind. You are the body and the mind. And you are the environment around you. Because without you perceiving the environment, there would be no environment in your experience. It's kind of weird and hard to say. It's a very difficult thing to to talk about. And so spirituality is just recognizing that... Is recognizing fundamental reality, I guess. Yeah, being present. Not thinking about it, but just experiencing reality, I guess is maybe the best way to put it.
1: Being present.
0: Yes. Being present. Presence. A lot of people will talk about it as consciousness.
1: Consciousness, thankfulness, gratitude. Gratitude.
0: And it's about experiencing things without thinking about them. And without living in your head. Living in reality rather than in your thoughts. And not chasing. Right. Yeah, so the, the, the Buddha said that if you, what, is it desirelessness is like the key. I don't remember exactly what he said. I'm, I, I haven't really read actual Buddhist scripture. I've just read lots of paraphrases. The absence but, of desire. Right. What is it? Pain comes from desire. Um, if you give up desires, you will give up pain or something to that effect. I don't know. Yeah. Now, I, go ahead and crucify me for that. I don't, I don't care.
1: <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think spirit, again spiritually in this context we'll use it as in thinking beyond yourself being present with yourself and the people around you and everything around you yeah, yeah. and everything around you and having gratitude for it
0: yeah I suppose so although I don't think that any particular emotion is part of spirituality sure. and I would say gratitude's an emotion it's a good emotion, it's a very helpful beneficial emotion but I don't maybe I'll, I'll agree with that except I'll disagree with the last part Mm-hmm. Other people may agree with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just trying to summarize it on top of my head. Yeah, but, totally. No, no. Uh, but I think it's good. You know, I, again, uh, I think for me, I've been in a lull. My gratitude or my spirituality has been compromised because the lack of drive, motivation, or direction right. has been tough lately. Yeah. And so when you, when you don't know, again, going back to the routine thing, going back to the original... talking about routine and structure. It kind of, everything falls to the wayside. And I would say spirituality is one of those things that does.
0: It's probably the thing that is the last thing most people think about. Even religious people, I don't think are real. A lot of religious people, I don't think, are actually tagging in, are actually um, tapping into true spirituality. Yeah. I
1: don't think. Well, I think it takes time, right? Again, I I had a good conversation with Cindy. It
0: takes uh, takes self-reflection and it takes... Brutal self honesty, and it takes open mindedness. Yeah, And, and those I, are all things that a lot of religious people don't have.
1: Well, I think one of the things that's beyond yeah, I mean, religious of people, people don't have. is a lot of people don't have. Right. And I think me and Cindy just talked off the record, and uh, it a lot was of people, off the record until now. No, just but yeah, uh, people, most people don't deep dive into themselves. Right. That's the bottom line, right? And I, especially in our society, yeah, yeah. our society is very first surface, surface level, Absolutely. where they're chasing financial, idea. they're mm-hmm. chasing material, they're not cha- they're, right. they're not thinking. Once with I get gratitude. X
0: X thing, I will right. be happy.
1: Because we're talking about that. We talked. We got into this because we're talking about you know how do you measure success? Right. And what is success? Right. Throughout the different periods of your life, and I just said I've been very good at deep diving into who I am and what I am. Right. I think that's one good thing. So I th- from a spiritual standpoint, I think I'm pretty strong um, because I know who I am that's a, that's important very even though I know my weaknesses too and therefore I expose my weaknesses too much. I'm very aware of them. and uh, most people, especially in our society right. professionally surface level can't show your weaknesses that can't show weaknesses that suppress vulnerability them vulnerability will get you destroyed. That's right. I think,
0: and you know, that's well, not completely wrong. Yeah. In the cutthroat, especially in the cutthroat corporate world, it's that's vulnerability know. is yeah. Right? <laughs> I know all about it. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, and I think, how do you like all Brendan's vague hints and so illusions?
1: When it comes down <laughs> to the end of the day, when it comes to spirituality, I think I've been a very strong spiritual person from my youth, and I've always made it a center of my life. But through different periods of life, you deviate. Or you don't focus on it as a priority, right. so that's been my experience well,
0: yeah, right, right. and and like I said at the beginning, you know balance is is a dynamic state. you have to constantly adjust it. It's not like you find balance and then you're done. You have to find it over and over again for your entire life.
1: It's evolving like self. yeah, it's evolving like self, but
0: that's that's that is life, right I mean yeah when you think about what you actually are, you're not a thing you are a whole bunch of processes which really are one huge complicated process and it's just a process that's happening. Like Alan Watts says it's a vibration. You are a vibration. You are just, you know, part of the you are you're billion late years later of the process of the Big Bang of the universe beginning. You are you are part of that same process yeah. twelve billion years later.
1: Right. So anyway. Yeah, no, I think we are. Um, I think to be in tune with it and change with it and evolve with it is a tough one. Right. So I just want to say, um,
0: this is what I wrote about presence, which I think is very tied in with spirituality. I The way I view it is I'll know that I'm living in the present when I learn from the past, but it doesn't haunt me. Ooh. When I plan for the future, but I don't dwell in it. And when I appreciate the present by being fully engaged in the infinite now. So, I love um, it. So, Alan Watts says, there's no point in planning for the future if you can't enjoy the present because once you get to the future, it will become the present and you won't be able to enjoy it.
1: That's right.
0: And so, that's something I try to keep in mind all, all the time.
1: Totally 100% agree. Which is
0: why I'm planning my trip to Hawaii and I'm super looking forward to it. But I'm not like, oh my God, life sucks until I go to Hawaii. I can't wait. I just, and that's how I've actually been pretty good about doing that recently is I plan things I want to do and I don't dwell on them. I just set things in motion and then once they happen, I I kind of feel like I'm able to fully enjoy them.
1: Sure. Sure. So, yeah. Don't let that build up uh, overwhelm you. Right, yeah.
0: Because it used to be, you know, when I was a kid and I found out that my aunt was taking me and my sister to Disney World, Mm -hmm. you know, eight months before. Sure. That eight months was hell, <laughs> you know,
1: well, and exciting. It was yeah. The anticipation was cool, but it was so hard. Sure, but really I don't, hard.
0: I don't do that much anymore.
1: Well, again, that expectation level, right? It's gonna be so great. It's gonna be, then you get there, right? Then you're like,
0: that's part of it for sure. Where did
1: my expectations... Right. It's they, better to go
0: into things without overhyping them.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah,
0: and that is part of it, I think. But also, I like to think that my life's actually most other than when I'm at work. And even when I'm at work it's not too bad. I happen to be in a good place. But generally my life's actually pretty enjoyable.
1: Sure. You, and yeah. so
0: it's not like, ugh, life sucks until I'm on vacation. And right. so that's that definitely helps too. Right. So yeah. I mean I guess maybe it's just a lot of perspective
1: as getting getting older. Again, being present, man, yeah. yep. it is spirituality yeah. and making the best of that's what cute. you have, yep. not overthinking. I liked your definition because I 100% endorse it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's spirituality. And I think that once
0: you get physical, mental, emotional, and social health in order, that spiritual becomes a lot easier to work on. Aligned. Yeah. I think, yeah, a lot of it aligns on its own. You sure. still have to focus on it, but maybe you don't have to put in as much energy. Correct. And I would say... Especially without physical and mental, it's almost impossible to be spiritually balanced. 100, yeah. Because when you're drunk all the time, there's no way you can be spiritual.
1: When you're drunk all the time or if you have body pain. Yeah. yeah, You know, if you are just lagging. Or if you're you're, just out of
0: shape and tired all the time. Yeah, like if
1: you're just down and out, you you know, it's again, you can't think beyond. Right.
0: Yep. Okay, so now we're going to go to the last two, which are both fun because they're both kind of taboo topics. So the first is sexual health, sexual balance. I've been laid once. Yeah,
1: once? Only once? Once, once. Oh, no, really. Good times, dude. Was it worth it? I, I, I've heard good things. Uh, the best two minutes of my life. <laughs> yeah, sexual... I, I, obviously, if you if you read about this stuff in Life for Proper Balance, every expert would talk about having a good sex life is keen to the mental, right. physical state of your well-being. Right. And I've heard,
0: um, for example, Dr. Drew say, you should be having sex with your partner every day. Yeah. And yeah, maybe, but I think that's another, one of those you know, rules of thumb where it's subjective. Like, not oh, totally everybody true. needs that.
1: Everyone is doing sex drives. Right. But needs you and should wants.
0: be doing it regularly and you should be discussing it.
1: And, and, you know, as we talk about the cold season, if you have sex and it helps your body immune system... You, uh, Does it? Yeah. It totally increases your ability to heal yourself. As long as you're not catching STDs. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But apparently to help, it helps your it helps your overall immune system. Mm-hmm. It boosts your immune oh. system. Interesting. Um, Obviously your blood flow. It is a type of exercise, I suppose. It's exercise. If you're doing it right. True. There's a lot of benefits to sex and I Absolutely. think... Lower risk of prostate cancer. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Do you come regularly? Sure. The buildup? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think this is, again, in America, this being somewhat taboo and not to- talked about it's too Very much, unfortunate. It this makes is, it hard. This probably coincides with depression, frustration, loneliness. Absolutely.
0: You know what I mean? Because it's such a taboo topic
1: that you're scared to
0: talk about. It. Like, I've always felt really uncomfortable even talking to my partners about it. Sure. I definitely can't talk to, like, someone like my parents and ask them questions and be open and like learn what I needed to know, what would have been very helpful for me to know. Like there's no way. I didn't, my parents never talked to me about sex. It was my school. They allowed my school to do it. And my seventh grade teacher did the talk. Yeah. And I remember she said masturbation was bad. Yeah. I mean, maybe not that exactly, but she basically alluded to masturbation being bad.
1: And then inversely in, in the human experience, a lot of people have negative feelings sexual experiences that turn them off. Right. Yeah. That then they either for example
0: shut it was an embarrassing or humiliating experience because they didn't perform like they thought. Yeah. Like they you know like in American Pie. That's exactly um, Expectation versus yeah, reality right. dude. Or it's just like oh uh, <laughs> yeah like my one of my fears was always like you see TV shows and movies where like women are talking to their friends about how terrible the sex with their date last night was. Like oh, sure. That was that's like one of my biggest fears for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. Like i I really don't usually care what people think about me, unless it's a woman that I want to have sex with. I don't know why that is, but yeah. Anyway. So that's interesting. It's a exactly. weird fee, fee. I've
1: always had the survey afterwards. So what was oh, it? Was good? it? Yeah, yeah, but you think they're gonna be honest? No, well, I was dumb and young. I don't yeah, know. Right. You know right. what like, oh, that was good, right? You know what I mean? I thought that was good. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things. Like you just have this report. Like I, I guess you need a self. Affirmation? Yeah, yeah, affirmation. Reassurance. 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 Yeah, absolutely. You need reassurance sometimes. I still
0: do that, too. And I, afterwards, I'm like, that was good. And I'm, like, waiting for them to be like, yeah, right? Yeah. but
1: And it's sex uh, is hard because so you have no idea. Yeah. This is the topic in our society where no one teaches you yeah. what it is, how it should be, right? what you should like, how you should identify what you like. Right. Like, you have to navigate it on how your own. How to talk about it. How to, yeah. What to try, what not to try, what's okay. All like, that
0: we're taught. All that almost everybody in our culture is taught is that it's bad and it's dangerous. Right. And you shouldn't do it unless you're married, which is not helpful. No, not like, helpful. Like, what if you get married? Then you still have no idea what to do. Right. It's like terrible. No. you it's have a no terrible like... situation that we put ourselves in. Yeah. And just... that we're, we're doing to our kids. Because I would say sex is one of the best parts of life. And we are completely shutting it down from childhood and making all sorts of crazy um, pathologies and building them into our kids.
1: But I would say, is sex valued? Because if you overexploit sex, then it becomes devalued. Right. So here's the funny so thing. I, I mean, I don't know from a fundamental right. teaching sex, how do you display that? Right. So here's the beauty of it.
0: It's the forbidden fruit like sex is taboo and it's dirty and it's sinful and you shouldn't do it and you shouldn't talk about it well what does that do for kids? Well, that's I mean, like saying okay there's one room in well, the castle you can't go into Don't you can go to the entire rest of the castle but don't go in the east wing but well guess what?
1: no that thing that's a good that, that is true that's kind of how, how it gets taught in a general sense especially in religious communities Right. but it's also it's taught to say it, it's cherished it's loved. It's respected. So you do it with someone you love when you find that person.
0: Right. Except that the love they're talking about is not actual love. <laughs> That's it. But the you... love they're talking about is our bastardized, Americanized version of love, which is lust. Which is the physical attraction, the chemistry, the spark that lasts about a year or two and then fades. <laughs> that's the love that they're talking about, and that's not love. And so it's a really fucked-up way to teach about sex.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's true, but it it was kind of presented to me that way in life. Yeah, of course. And I think it's presented it's, to most people. And, and I think and it's the reality or, or the, in the media sense of it is what you just said. The honeymoon phase is the best. and so, Well, that's
0: all that we talk about. That's all that we expect. That's what our movies and our TV shows Correct. And, and even our our friends... Instagrams made it even worse because all you talk, all
1: you see, your friends post is how how amazingly happily in love they are with their sure. partners. It's like, but it's conversely the same thing. Like if you know, I've had this conversation with many people. It's like those that have tried certain things like oh you watched something in like porn versus reality oh, it's yeah. never as good as it was what you thought it would be right so again the expectation yeah. levels so like
0: um yeah but so we're going to talk a little more about relationships i want to get back to sex a little bit more but i just think that we're not doing ourselves a service i the whole masturbation thing the whole sex thing right it, just like everything you know if you if it gets out of hand if it takes up too much of your life it's a problem like if you're jerking off moderation twice a day three times a day that's a problem moderation right so i actually we talked about um in the sex episode we talked about how i would usually like jerk off every day and i went through a phase where i kind of like stopped jerking off sure i actually like haven't i've only I've only jerked off like once in the past month
1: yeah I haven't. Yeah. and
0: i haven't really it wasn't like a conscious decision it's just like i don't really feel like it because i've been having like sex regularly yeah it's better
1: no, of course. I so think it's like, sex is way better.
0: I like it better when I haven't been jerking off. First I'm of all,
1: huge disclaimer. If, what? When you have sex and then you go back to jerking off, you realize jerking off sucks. Well, it's tough because
0: the, the orgasms I get from jerking off are usually super fucking intense. But they're not as satisfying, which is weird. And it's something I didn't understand. I didn't Prior. used to understand.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: they all. What that means is the 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 more intensity means it actually drains more of your sex drive, which drains more of your initiative, which means you're less likely to go out and chase after it, which means you're less likely to get it, which means you're more likely to jerk (laughs) off again, and it's this vicious circle, right?
1: No, thank you. That I I can totally visualize it now. Yep, yep, circle. Yep, and the the hamster tail, the hamster
0: circle, and uh, you complete the circle by never mind, and so yeah, it's. I just I don't know I just haven't. But really sex had the desire. is
1: crucial to overall well being. It's more yeah yeah absolutely. Sexuality is right? yeah sex. hundred percent agreed. And I you know what I mean and as I I've mean gone. think of... it I,
0: it almost like nature proves it is by giving us what dreams, right? Sure, sure. I mean that's sure. all that's like proof positive
1: that sex is crucial. Sure. So yeah. And being a sleep a sleep depleted person sometimes is a problem. Sex.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: put you to sleep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> who, need, who needs Tylenol PM? True story. Hop on board. That's right. Jackrabbit for like two minutes and then you're out. True story, dude. Sex is amazing and I think it's a very uh, undervalued thing from a day uh, well-being in America. Yeah. Because no one knows how to approach it effectively. Right. Right. Because of all the different uh, cultures in America. Yeah. So it's just it's just a shame. You know, I don't
0: blame anybody. Maybe religion, but I. Just think, it's a shame, and it would be nice if we could frankly talk about it. I, that's there's been plenty said on that topic, though. Sure. So, so that's sexual health. Just you know, don't overdo it. Just like everything, right? Sure. Like you, you, you'll know you know when you're doing it too much. Like um, I was, I was being pretty promiscuous, and I, I, I kind of got out of my system. You know, like I yeah. had sex with a bunch of guys. Yeah. uh Over a few weekends. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. it was fun, but. It's kind of tiring, and it's not really fulfilling, so quality over quantity.
1: Well, this goes back to who you've been prior. Right. It's that whole, having a relationship is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, for a while. Again, everything is moderation, everything yeah. is experiential. I think
0: relationships are one of the things that need to be in moderation, and by that I don't mean... Like a limited term, I just mean like maybe a relationship where you don't live together ever is actually probably really good and positive. So maybe if I'm ever in a relationship again, I'll try that.
1: But the problem with that very statement, good takes you into your last talking point, which is financial. Financial, yes. Because most relationships throughout the course of time have been a financial transaction. Absolutely. And that's, the unfortunate truth of... Uh, I watched a great documentary about marriage. Okay. And the origins of marriage.
0: Oh, really? And yeah. marriage
1: did not become a thing until land ownership occurred, right? And how? Wait.
0: Wait, what are we going to do when this person dies or whatever?
1: Well, no, but like women and then like she's mine, the possessive nature of a relationship and all that stuff like Yeah. I I don't know the exact timeline here, but that's how the origins of marriage, when land ownership became an actual legal thing, so did mm. marriage, because they viewed it with the same transactional thing. You are now mine. You are now, you know. Uh, the you know,
0: land is mine. The woman is mine.
1: Type of mentality. Mm. And uh, that's how it's evolved throughout the course of humanity. So they were like, you know, this whole,
0: like, this whole legally binding our property to one person thing. It really works. Well, guess what? That woman that I want, she's my property now. So we'll do the same thing. Yeah. Wow. It
1: really just follow the same template, allegedly.
0: It's so interesting because that's such strong evidence of how unevolved, like we were, our societies were, and how they. Sure. Except that in some ways they have evolved, and in some ways they haven't. Like we still do marriage, and it's kind of weird that it. I guess it evolved too, though.
1: Well, I mean, I think I, everything's evolved, but everything's based on templates right. and building yeah. from different templates in right, right, right. different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, like we've looked at from the slave, you know the corporation documentary we watched. yeah, from the 13th and 14th Amendment, and how corporations originate off that, those very terms. Yeah, again, I think we're very systematic or we categorize and we have to have some sort of framework for a proper society, good or bad. but that's what we've kind of done. and I think financially, unfortunately, women, have been more possession-based or in the royalty, right? The the women were used as transactions to build country relations, you know, foreign relations. Right.
0: By yeah. cementing the union with an heir that belonged to both. Correct. And, you know, it's... And as like the symbol of the union before the
1: heir. Yeah. And that's, you know, chasing that power, man. And it's a financial, it's a financial thing. Right. So anyway, it's a little prelude into yeah. good talking point, but it's, good. Yeah. it's a good transition. Boom. Yeah. Boom. So financial aspects of life. So that's I think that's
0: also an under an overlooked one. Although maybe people are becoming cognizant of how important it is. And it's because I think that they're beginning to teach finance in like elementary school and middle school. Because I was uh, when I was visiting my family, the kids were talking about it. My nieces and nephews were talking about it. Smart. Which is good because no one ever talked to me about personal finance. Nope.
1: <laughs> I learned a few things along the way, but I had no, you know, I mean, I, if you look at America today, it's so imbalanced of like, you know, like I've done a lot of research lately in the stock market, Yeah. you know, 54% of Americans are in the stock market, 32% of that is in the 401 k. Is only 20, you know, some are in the stock market and less than like 5% are, you know, it's the wealthy, it's all the wealthy people in right. the stock market. Yeah because they have the capital, right. they residual income. Right. And they have the people or the know-how to get into it. Right. Yeah. So wealth builds upon Self-building. wealth. Yeah, yep. So but financial financial if you don't know, have your financial house in order, you can't get ahead which takes you to the, you know, the cycle of poverty. Right. And
0: the cycle of poverty reduces all the other aspects. So it makes your physical health more difficult. It makes your sexual health more difficult sure. because for example one of the one of the crowning achievements of poverty is the of religion i should say is keeping people in poverty by teaching them that birth control is bad and sinful and so sure. poor people who shouldn't be having kids Believe it's a sin to not have more kids, and so everyone has sex, so they just have more kids, and then it gets worse and worse. And that's and statistically those, proven in
1: America, right? Yeah, yep. The poorer you are, the more kids you have. And what um, as yeah.
0: countries get richer, the birth, the average child, children per woman goes down, sure. And um,
1: it just you know, because sex is free, right?
0: It's free <laughs> entertainment, you don't have to pay for HBO, you, you get it for free, right? Like, or you don't have to pay for it like HBO. I mean,
1: so what are the things about financial I want to bring up? I think. You know, I think I've been pretty good at money management. I would say so. Uh, I think I've been very astute to be living a very frugal life, but I don't indulge, and I, 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 you know, I kind of condemn myself for overly indulging. I think. Do you? You wish- know, in America, what like our previous generations, they said they used to spend a quarter of your you know income, gross income, on your housing, and another quarter right. on savings. Mm-hmm. And those are not the ratios in which Americans work with today. No. And this is where the imbalance has come. You know, I watched a good documentary. No, I saw a good interview about It's not about wages, it's about cost of living.
0: Right, because the cost of housing has grown like four times faster than inflation yeah. and wages have grown less than inflation. Right. So not only is our housing getting more expensive, but our wages are getting less, are, are becoming even smaller, or becoming less. And so our housing is going from a quarter to like half or three quarters. And More. We live in and San Diego makes it County. It's impossible to save.
1: In San Diego County, most people are spending 60 to 70% of their income on right. housing. And that's I insanity. To say I'm
0: not. I'm renting a room, and that's all I can really afford. I mean, yeah. I could afford more, but that would be all my money, so I don't want to afford right. more. You, know?
1: you don't want to be house broke. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, so I think, I think fi- learning finance, learning and understanding how to make money, how to save money, and how to spend within your means right. is paramount to a happy and w- balanced life.
0: And I think that spirituality is a very important aspect of that because if you have spiritual balance, you will understand the lie of consumerism and that more won't necessarily make you happy, and you will know when enough is enough, and when you know when enough is enough, it's much easier to save, and it's much easier to live within your means, and it's much easier to be financially healthy, financially stable. Sure. Um, That's hard, unfortunately, to be spiritually balanced when you're working three jobs, when you're already caught in the cycle of poverty.
1: Yeah, again, because you're chasing, and this is the biggest thing, you're chasing a good time. You're working 80 hours a week. You're like, I got seven I got hours it. to have a good time. Yeah. I'm going to spend two, exactly. two $200 right now because, and that's why gambling becomes an addiction or drugs become an addiction right. because right. it's just, you don't have Other time. You don't have control of anything in your life. So therefore, when you have downtime, you go for it. Right. To the max. To the max. Yep. And um, I think financially, another big strong point of mine is is just keeping your house in order and limiting your liabilities. Yeah. Thankfully, I don't have kids. Right.
0: Huge liability.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, parents.
0: But you had plenty of warning.
1: <laughs> you know, and I mean, obviously, there's different levels in America. I think the wage inequality is a, a, a big deal. Um, and cost of living is just crazy. What do you think about this term wage slavery? It seems apt, but I think it might be a
0: little bit hyperbolic. Um, I think maybe it depends, though. I'm not caught in that, I would say, because I make quite good money. You're very well off. But, um, but I think... People that are working two or three jobs for minimum wage, I would say that's basically indentured servitude, which is basically wage, wage slavery, right? Which is
1: most of American workers. Right. And this is where it's really interesting. You're, debt, you're in debt slavery, but it got you to a good wage job. Right. Where you have still loan debt. Right. But, you know, that doesn't put you in a... But day. that's my only debt. I don't that doesn't put you in a debt grind right. where are these people... Because that...
0: there's programs that are working to my benefit. And you know about student them. Debt. And I know about them. Right. And,
1: and you got this education that's platformed right. you into a higher uh, income level. So
0: I'm going to say something controversial here. Uh, shocking, I know, that I would say something controversial. Shut the fuck up. But if you want to go to college and study something, maybe you ought to study something useful. Like, I know that it's fun to learn about your passion and majoring in music theory is awesome. Sure. But, you know, the world doesn't revolve around music theory. It revolves around money. And even though I rail on capitalism and I rail on consumerism and I rail on how much we are completely focusing on the wrong things, I also am a pragmatist and I understand what reality is and how our world actually works
1: but did you know that in college though um see no. my, my, first of all but let, 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 let's know. go back i want to go back to say i went to college just going i'm going to survive this i'm going to get through it i like this business is cool media is cool i love entertainment so i did a hybrid you know media business degree at Cal State right. Fullerton, which was fun because I think I covered enough accounting, finance, right, yeah. marketing, useful things, useful <laughs> things within business that could be taken anywhere, right? Yeah, so but no one told me. Wait, Brennan, if you want to get an applicable degree, get one in accounting or finance, then pivot to that post career, uh, post college. See, I didn't have a guidance counselor driving me right. and giving me the stats on the marketplace of the job markets. I never had that.
0: Oh, I didn't really either. I mean, I had my mandatory guidance counselor talking at high school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Sure. I mean, I changed my major four times or five times in college, and I spent more than I needed to because of that. But every major I chose was one that would result in a career or a good-paying job that was important.
1: But how did you identify that, though?
0: What do you mean, how did I identify it? I used common sense.
1: (laughs) Okay. What I mean is, did you say accounting is such or business is such or technology is yeah, such? When Did you look no. at the staff? Did you look at the job okay. forecast over the next decade? What, what were your tools? Because this is the okay. problem with education today. No one says, here are the job opportunity costs and here are the programs. It's like, true. People don't align those two together for high school students at all.
0: Right. Okay. So you're right. What happened is after my third major change... I took a break from school for like a year and a half, and I was like, you know what? I'm sick of working a shitty job. I need a degree. And I was like, what could I do that I might actually stick with? And I thought, well, I'm good in number with numbers, and accounting is a job that every industry and every company needs. So I feel like that would have good job demand, and so I chose accounting. Smart. So it was like common sense.
1: Yeah, I thought I was doing a common sense thing, too. Well, yeah, you but did. You
0: worked I, in business. You have enough of a degree to work
1: in business and yeah, cover the spectrum. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I agree. Then, what did you get your master's in? Accounting information systems. Right, which is a which uh, is very like applicable. It slash accounting. Which is very applicable today. Right. Very applicable. And today. I that I also so I guess in some sense I got lucky. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like because that was available. You did well based on what you did. Right. But what I'm saying is, how does education build its skill sets to give these kids a financial future with right. their education?
0: So here's the thing. I don't know the answer to that, but I will give us a little background here. College became the buzzword. Everyone, in order to make money, you have to go to college. The thing is, the university used to be for rich, spoiled kids to go to learn about the world. It wasn't a way to get a job or a good career.
1: Yeah.
0: And when it became that... People didn't like communicate the necessary additional information to go along with that, which is you need to go to college in order to have a good career, but you need to go to college and study something useful to society. Like, I'm not saying that right. literature or for some foreign language or whatever is not useful to society, but in general, right. you want. A skill that's marketable. Well, I like you're saying, right. People didn't teach us that. No one right. tells you this. You're
1: right. This is the thing too. They just say go to college. I've argued this in college to say, higher education is the best business model in America because it can do what it wants and people come to it because there's it's no a, consequences. A, there's no consequences, and that's ridiculous. Yeah. Because one of the biggest things we're facing today is student loan debt. Right. Yeah. Which it burdens you. I have fortunately paid off my student loan debt. It throws
0: a. That's a huge. That's a huge uh, balance issue finan- for financial balance or for fa- financial health, yeah. And
1: I've, I've learned from a young age, debt is bad. So I've always learned That's a lie. Well, again, we could talk about this, but I'm telling you my personal experience. Right, right Yeah, that's what you learned. But it, that's,
0: uh, that's actually a falsehood that's propagated. Well, but go ahead.
1: It kept me in balance because I didn't have debt. And I did my best. So when I got into college and I got my student loan debt and grants and all that stuff, I took that money and I started paying towards it while in college. Right. And I tried to live off a very uh, meek budget. Meager budget. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, me. And uh, it was... It worked
0: because you paid off your student loan debt.
1: Yeah. I sold my car. I lived near campus. So I walked everywhere. Like I just simplified life. And and, then unfortunately, I paid my student loan debt. So I would say this... If you're in your going to go to college, if you're going to acquire debt in any which way, make sure it gives you some sort of great outcome or it's not a depreciated asset. Right. Make sure it will
0: actually be pay off, you'll be able to pay off the debt with it. Correct. Right.
1: So we could argue debt and is right. that it's good or bad, but what I'm saying when it comes to financial house, Having less debt is generally better. It's generally better because right. you, you minimize your variables true. when you go into tough times. It's true. You're right. When you
0: depend on wages for your income, less debt is better. Absolutely.
1: Which is most of America. Right.
0: So, yeah, you're right.
1: You know what I mean? So, yep. if you could control your debt ratios to income, that is fantastic. Right. And uh, do your best to pay off debt and keep your debt low.
0: Right. But there's more there's more to financial well being and balance than just not being in debt. There's all the other things we talked about, you know. Don't my live your life. One of the most useful lectures I had in university was I believe it was you in sound my foreign. master's you
1: sounds foreign. In university. In university, yeah. That's <laughs> what I call it now. Um, in university. <laughs>
0: yeah. I didn't go to college. I wasn't like eighteen. It was wonderful. <laughs> oh man, the countryside. <laughs> met so many damsels. In
1: university. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yep. go ahead.
0: If I can remember my train of thought. Sorry. So one of the best lectures, um, or one of the most useful lectures, was my tax professor. It was just at the end of some random lecture, and he just said, don't fall into the consumerism trap. That's all he said. Sure. And I was like, like I didn't really fully grasp the ramifications of that, but that was probably the best advice I got in all of university was don't fall into the consumerism and what does
1: that mean it
0: means that you need to know when enough's enough you need to not buy into the culture that 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 belongings will make you happy but I mean that though
1: don't buy something if you don't have the cash for it right I think is the biggest thing that America does yeah We we are so credit driven our, our whole economy, because I thought, I thought you were going with this, oh, yeah, our no, whole right, economy right. is based yeah. on credit. yeah, And personal debt ratios right. have stifled this country and helped the lenders and helped multiple economies across the world. But again, the individual is the end payer right. that bankruptcies or whatever can hurt you.
0: So yeah, don't fall into the consumerism trap. Don't don't take out a car loan for that brand new Lexus that you've always wanted for the status symbol. Don't, or, or don't buy a house that's way bigger than you need. Don't yeah you know like don't go into debt for a vacation especially.
1: If you have three hundred dollars to your name, don't buy a hundred dollar pair of jeans, <laughs> right? You know what I mean. Like yeah. just, just don't do that. Yeah. You know exactly. Like be practical, pragmatic with your money. Right. And because. If you have X amount of cash, you want to keep that on hand. You know, we were kind of taught in, in college, in university,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, save 10 to 20% of your income. Right. But how many people actually do that? No one. I didn't do that until about a year and a half or two ago. There you go.
0: Because, because you, I was paying off credit card debt that I had accumulated during college.
1: So that's to say, yeah.
0: So yeah, I'm, I'm saying all of this having learned the hard way.
1: Yeah, no, it's hard. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, do your best to manage and make the right decisions. And if you make a decision that's financial, make sure there's some sort of asset and or wage increase or cost on the back end. Right. Absolutely. You know? And so, yeah, I definitely didn't, like,
0: plan ahead for my life working out so well after getting a degree. But just, like, the, the story of my life is, like, I pick a direction that seems promising and I just kind of go for it. I'm not a good planner. I'm not strategic. I'm tactical. I point myself in the direction I want to go and then I figure the shit out as it comes up. That's been my way of success. That's not really workable for everybody. I mean, being smart helps with that. I'm I'm quick on the uptake. On the uptake? Yeah, whatever. Um,
1: I think it's uptake, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, So yeah, maybe try that out. If you don't know where you want your life to go, just at least get a vague idea and like start moving in that direction because all it takes is starting
1: Yeah, or research understand lending understand banking understand the world of the financial tools and institutions around you yeah there's so many there's so
0: many youtube videos talking about all of these things yeah
1: understand what the treasury does right understand what currency is yeah these are things that i have learned at a high level on my own and it's been very beneficial right you know you actually understand what bonds are Right. You know, like these are things that you really don't learn in proper yeah, education. Like why why is it bad to invest in bonds when
0: rates are going down? That kind of thing. Right. Like, yeah, exactly.
1: So, so these are the things that if you want to have a good financial house, uh, do your best to increase your expendable income so you could properly save and or invest it.
0: These are the things that if widespread knowledge had existed, the housing crisis would have been much less severe because these were ignorant, <laughs> financially ignorant people that were being preyed upon. Sure. And it's because our financial literacy is so lacking.
1: It is. And those with the knowledge, like in religion, like it. compromised everyone else. Exactly. And, that's... and
0: maybe they were happy that everyone else is financially ignorant because they can take advantage of it. That's right. Just like in religion. Just like any time that there's people with power over people that don't have power. Greed occurs. It's always, it's always a cycle that doesn't end well for the people under the people in power.
1: Which is usually the masses. Right, yeah. The majority. Yeah. So, again, uh, learn about the financial tools, right? education. In my experience, minimize your debt and uh, do your best to keep these seven...
0: Yes, seven aspects of your life. Together, in balance. And, balance. and that means individually in balance, as in they're all healthy, they're all, they are all in a good place, and they are all in equal opposition because they might seem opposite. They might seem like they're covering different aspects of your life. And I think that if you focus on those and you try to keep a balance among all of them, keep them all healthy then it will be very beneficial to you.
1: Equal priority.
0: Right, like devote equal amount of time to each of them. That's right. Yeah, so I wanna finish up by what I wrote. Um, This is just my my value statements I talked about before. So I added an 11th one and it's balance. So uh, I value life of balance where all aspects of my existence are in equal opposition like the spokes of a bicycle wheel or the cables of a suspension bridge. I will know my choices have aligned with this value When temperance becomes second nature and instant gratification is no longer a temptation. And I feel like that's a pretty good summary. That's pretty damn good. So, um, yeah. Do you want to say anything else? I think that's all. Let's on that. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week.